0: This podcast is brought to you in part by the estate of Bob Nelson. Bob was lover of all things San Diego and a longtime supporter of Voices of San Diego and its podcasts. We at Voices of San Diego are honored to have his support during his lifetime and continued support through his estate planning. Discover Seasons 1 and 2 now at stopandtalkpodcast.com. That's stopandtalkpodcast.com.
1: Welcome to the Voice of San Diego podcast in partnership with News Radio 600 Kogo. I'm Andrea Lopez Villafana, Managing Editor at Voice of San Diego. And I'm joined this week by reporter Jacob McWinnie. What's up, Jacob?
2: Hey, Andrea. How are you? I, I'm, Your
1: voice was so smooth.
2: Was it? Hey,
1: Andrea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we're also joined by our producer, Nate John.
2: Yo. Weird, right?
1: Yeah. Super weird. I love it, though.
2: <laughs> the, the, the man behind the throne.
1: man behind the show. Coming up on the show this week, San Diego Loyal is calling it quits. Their chairman announced that the second division men's soccer team will fold after the season. This comes months after the announcement of a new San Diego soccer club. We have KPBS Andrew Dyer here to explain the drama and San Diego's recent soccer history. And an update on the case against Nathan Fletcher. The former supervisor was accused of harassment and assault this year. Now there's a legal battle over the DMs between him and his accuser. We'll share the latest. Plus, Jacob brings us his song of the week. It's going to be a good show. Stay with us.
0: But first, we have a lot of events coming at you real soon. We have our Schools Guide workshops happening throughout the next few weeks featuring Jacob and other smart people. They'll be answering your questions about schools, education, our Schools Guide that we furnish every year. Um, it's a digital and print magazine to help inform San Diegans about schools and making good choices for their children. So you can check that out and the events that are coming up. And Politifest is happening.
1: Wow, again.
0: I'm I'm not ready, personally.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have PTSD. <laughs> it's going to be great.
0: It will be good. It's our annual politics summit. It's happening October 6th and October 7th. There will be one event in Imperial Beach, another at USD. A full day of public affairs and politics. It will be Good. It's just scary for us personally.
1: (laughs) Yeah, organizing events.
0: And finally, Brews and News is back. Our live podcast recording will be at Original 40 in North Park, a really cool venue that I've been checking out. Uh, Tickets are available now for that September 6th event. You can find that event and all the tickets for all of our upcoming events and some past stuff too at vosd.org slash events. You can get your tickets and we'll see you there.
1: So we can't really go on the show without talking about this because it happened.
2: <laughs> it did happen.
1: Did it but happen? But also not really? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Um so Hurricane Hillary.
2: So uh, I'm gonna Tropical jump in here storm. real quick. Uh huh. Remember my whole thing about it's gonna blow?
0: Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I just, was just looking Hillary, at that show earlier
2: blow? today. <laughs> Hillary is another; it's gonna blow. Wow! We always think things are gonna be big in San Diego, and and they just they never are. They really hyped
0: it up too. Yeah, yeah.
1: you know what would be good merch, like Voice of San Diego merch. Like it's gonna blow, and then a list of all the things that were gonna blow, but never <laughs> blew.
0: That's Primo tote bag. But material then how right would there. we
1: add to it? I guess you'd have to leave blank spots. So then, like Voice of San Diego. Uh, fans could fill in the blank spots
0: <laughs> dude you with the merch i know you gotta talk to the merch people queen. about that
1: okay well hillary happened or didn't happen it
0: was very much it's gonna blow energy yeah yeah, yeah.
1: how did you guys prepare did you guys prepare
2: um no <laughs> if if <laughs> jacob if it would have blown no. I, I would have i would have died yeah i would have been on the losing end of whatever Thunderdome, post-apocalyptic madness.
0: That seemingly a lot of people were prepped for. Costco reportedly was an insane place. Yeah. My house at times was very tense. Mm. It was Every a thing.
1: single grocery store had pulled out like water bottle, water bottles. What are they called? Pallets or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like every single grocery store I saw That's had just people just pulled doing them too out much. so they could see them. That's just people
2: water. doing too much. That, you You're know, doing the most. Yeah. I... Di- I by the time the storm hit, uh-huh. my phone was at like fifteen percent. And I was like, oh, I should probably plug this in. <laughs> oh now. my god,
1: I Jacob love your minimalist approach. I That's do not good. want That's to good. be with you in yeah. case of an emergency. I well, mean
2: Well, th- to be fair, this wasn't an emergency. In contrast,
0: I would love to be with Jacob in an emergency. Our phones are at zero percent and we're just watching Nope or something <laughs> there, like
2: there that. There you go, dude. Yeah. Watching <laughs> Ponty pool.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I like I thought, okay, the worst that can happen is the lights go out.
0: Yeah you know. or maybe like a little bit. A little bit. At most, maybe five hours, maybe. Yeah.
1: Or like our backyard often gets like pretty muddy. And so I just expected that that (laughs) would happen. My worst case scenario was that our neighbor has a uh, eucalyptus tree and it hangs right over, like half of it hangs right over our house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was mainly my concern. Well, Scott Um, wouldn't hate your neighbor. I know, he (laughs) totally would. So I was kind of like, well, hopefully the you know, the big branches don't fall on top of our house or the tree doesn't topple over. Um, but I think that was my main concern. Also running out of my Sephora makeup. <laughs> I um, Yeah, you
0: got to tell the people about that. You shared with us in our, in our preparatory <laughs> Zoom meeting. It's but embarrassing. It's don't really something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know what it says about me. I don't want to know.
0: So as your partner was stashing... Um, weapons and chili (laughs) and um, any kind of like soups or whatever water bottle.
2: Purchasing a generator or whatever was it? Yeah,
1: it was like a little, it was a solar like a solar charger and it would charge, it could charge your laptop. I think you could plug in your fridge for a little while. It was intense.
0: So he's channeling Ron Swanson energy (laughs) and on the other side of the house. He's so Ron Swanson.
1: (laughs) So the day before he said, um, hey, like we're out already, you know, we're going to be in the house all day Sunday. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Is there anything we need? Are there any stores you want to go to today while we're still out? And I was like, yeah, I, need, I really need to go to Sephora. <laughs> 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 but I just, it was an option of places where he was going to drive me to. I wasn't thinking like Sephora is an emergency. I just, you know, while we're out and while you're driving, um, cause you know, I don't like driving. Well, some
0: people are arm wrestling for toilet paper at Costco. You're like, hey. Can I'm we hitting we get up Sephora, some, some Fenty
1: I mean, to be Rihanna honest, foundation. It was
2: pro- it probably would have been a good time to go to Sephora.
1: Yeah, you're <laughs> not no wrong. There.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, just go get the most kind of frivolous thing. Then the line is not long. There's no line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: you could probably get a,
0: like a walk-in tattoo appointment or something at that time.
2: That that would have been good.
0: Um, can I Maybe tell you? Maybe that's that...
2: how I should have pre- prepared. You know, like gotten a really fearsome <laughs> face tattoo. I didn't get Ooh. any water, but I got something that'll make me look scary.
1: True. Yeah
0: um can i tell you guys a preparation that my household did which yes. it's very voice of san diego okay interesting. Um, so as we were preparing like the rice and the beans and abby was making chili abby my partner and we're like downloading mm-hmm. like all of the disney content so our child can watch tv <laughs> oh, yes. in the case of a power outage abby was also like hey we should really fill up our bathtub with water so we have all the water that we need <laughs> uh-huh. and i was like but if it's in the bathtub, I don't know if we're going to drink it or like, why would why would we do that? And she's like, in case the power goes out, I'm like T- toilets work if the power goes out. But then they brought out. I
1: can't believe you're asking your partner all these questions <laughs> it's
0: nothing but questions it's a whole thing we have to be very clear about everything that's happening oh, see, Jesus. see
1: the, the water in the bathtub if someone was questioning what I wanted to do I would be very upset The water?
0: well I'm the one who's filling up the water and filling <laughs> up my gas tanks and going to 7-Eleven to get more water I have to ask questions
1: well
2: the water in the bathtub doesn't strike me as very voice of San Diego but all the questions about the water in the bathtub yeah, do about strike this me as very voice of very
1: San Diego of so San
0: Diego. this all led them to a post that was created in the year 2011 <laughs> by none other than Scott Lewis oh. The headline reads
1: You can't get rid of that guy.
0: The power went out and the city pooped itself, which is a great headline.
1: Oh my God. Full stop. Great headline. I have to find this one. Yes,
0: you do. Um, and it was furnished because you may remember in the year 2011, there was that huge power outage that affected much of the city of San Diego. For I have a good story about that. Like outage. half a day, maybe a full day. I don't really remember. I was smoking a lot of weed in college. <laughs> um, but it talks essentially about how San Diego uh, gets and processes its water for the entire city. And some of that is generated by electricity, some of it natural gas, but electricity is what moves the water in the city. Mm. So if the power goes out, we will not get more water. Our toilets will still work but we won't get the water. So Abby read that post and that's why I filled my bathtub up with water and I just had water sitting Abby in my house. Abby came with Wow. That's what they do.
2: You know, I, I actually, I filled my bathtub up with water that night too, but I, it was because I took a bath.
0: <laughs> As you're like smoking a cigar and drinking your red wine. I wish with I would have had a
1: cigar. 15%.
2: <laughs> I wish I would have had
1: a that's cigar. That's the
0: kicker. Um, yeah. What's your power outage story? I'm curious. Oh, okay. So I,
2: uh, at the time, I worked at a movie theater. Nice. Um, and I, I hope my old boss or anybody—I'm not going to say the I'm not going to say the movie theater. But okay. my old boss—was it AMC though? It was not. <laughs> it was not. My old boss was was dating my roommate at the time, and I was house sitting for my grandparents, and they have this beautiful pool um, over by San Diego State, and I was working that day. Mm-hmm. The power went out and i'm sitting there like oh man this really sucks i want to like go and swim right. and my boss called in and said hey you know you can go to a skeleton crew just send jacob home and by the time i got back to the to the apartment or to the house my boss was there <laughs>
3: uh-huh. with my
2: roommate uh-huh and she had just like let me go home cuz she wanted to go swimming too it's pretty great <laughs> yeah
0: there are perks yeah yeah <laughs> yeah also uh maybe I might this, might include this but I think that even though Voice of San Diego's main purpose is not weather coverage we did a really good job having a lot of good weather related stories that fit in our various niches ahead of Hillary. I thought that was pretty solid of us. Mostly you. Good job. Thanks.
1: Thanks. I think uh we we you know hired a freelancer uh Rob mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And um, he's amazing. I was kind of just following him on Twitter and Scott mentioned, like, we should see if he would be open to doing freelance. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was great. I mean, super popular post, but I think it just helped make people or it just helped people make sense of what was happening.
0: And like the uh, places that are going to flood story by Will yeah, and Jacob. The
1: top five places.
0: That was a great line in there that I really loved. Uh, mission valley is the crown jewel of flooding in san diego something like that
1: it really jacob was like you're welcome too much (laughs) i was like it's just enough so we've been talking a lot about the race to replace nathan fletcher on the board of supervisors indeed um if you remember he resigned this year following allegations that he sexually harassed and assaulted an MTS employee while he was the chair of the MTS board. Now there's a big legal battle brewing. Uh, Fletcher says his relationship with the MTS employee, her name is Grecia Figueroa, was consensual. Um, She's suing because she says it wasn't. And this week, we learned that Fletcher's lawyers are trying to get all of the Instagram DMs between Um, Fletcher and Figueroa and Figueroa's team um, is trying to stop that effort.
2: So uh, I'm curious, why can't Fletcher just show all of his DMs?
0: (laughs) I actually know the answer to this. Yeah, say it. (laughs) Probably because of your story and through sitting through lots of hours of podcasting. Mm -hmm. um, I believe Fletcher specifically told Figueroa and himself said that delete as you go. This is like nothing in our histories type situation. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't have them.
1: Yeah. So in her lawsuit, she claims, and there's a section in it um, where she claims that he wrote to her saying, quote, can you do me a favor and delete our chats? I would hate for someone to grab your phone. My staff has access to my account. So delete as we go. You're good to be 100% discreet, question mark, Hmm. Um, end of quote. And so I have a lot of questions about Instagram DMs because- I mean, I, don't know. I
0: thought you would have the answers about Instagram DMs.
1: Well, yeah, but I have questions about what's going on because I believe that there is a way for you to get deleted messages because I have tried um, deleted messages from your Instagram. Mm. And basically you have to like, it's kind of complicated. Um, you put in a request and then Instagram will email you like your entire conversation. Mm. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, but I don't know that. if there's a some sort of like time, you know, requirement or time that it holds mm. your own messages. Huh. Or
0: time that they would like allow like a window of time where they would allow you to retrieve it in that yeah. way. Where it's yeah. stored in a server like somewhere else far away and they exactly. don't like people have it who are exactly.
1: Yeah. So what happened is in July, Fletcher's attorney served Meta.
0: The parent company of Facebook and Instagram, Instagram. the whole world, uh
1: huh, (laughs) the whole world, Uh, with a subpoena for Figueroa's Instagram records. But her attorneys argued that the subpoena was too broad, and it would include private information like her passwords, um, her location, Hmm. and made it metadata. So you know they were sort of talking with Fletcher's attorneys and Figueroa's attorneys. Um, In August, Fletcher's attorneys offered to ask meta uh not to include personal information so basically they were saying like all right we've put out the subpoena to this company but we'll tell that company not to include that but they weren't um changing anything in their subpoena and so Figueroa's attorneys were like no 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 like why won't you just like change something so if meta did
0: relinquish the dm records that doesn't mean that they are making it public so that the public can then see it. They would just no. be relinquished it to the attorney team, right? Like right. the legal team? Right, yeah. So there's essentially like this back and forth, this like subpoena arm wrestling where Fletcher's team wants to get more DM records. Figueroa's team is saying it's too broad. You have to narrow it down, be more specific, maybe, or just, you know, stop the request altogether. Is that, is that kind of the vibe right. that we're at right yeah, now that's for this the vibe. story? That's mm-hmm.
1: the vibe. But I think another vibe for us personally is... Why was she fired? I think it's, you know, Scott wrote a story about this um, back and forth about the Instagram DMs. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he pointed out, big questions. Why was she fired? Um, MTS has yet to provide proof or documentation to support the claims that they said were um, related to why they fired her, which right. had to do with performance issues. Um, they've yet to release any sort of formal investigation And so I think those are some of the big questions that we're still kind of wondering what happened.
0: Yeah, because everything around her firing seemed um, was maybe kind of iffy or it was kind of um, difficult to ascertain like why exactly she was fired, especially considering that there were no like uh, performance improvement actions or like a track for her to improve her performance or any records to indicate that she wasn't doing well at her job before this
1: happened. Right. Yeah. That we know of. I that mean, know of. her her side and what she has uh, said is that you know her being fired was really shocking and that no, she wasn't put on any sort of performance review plan or issued warnings about her performance issues, which like, as employers, anyone who's had a job, if you have had issues with your performance, it's mm-hmm. typically something that your employer does. Plus, at a bureaucratic place like the
0: Metropolitan Antichrist. <laughs> yeah, system. you would assume. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Um, so we'll, we'll keep watching. I am softened
0: by a cold. There's <laughs> a knot in my airway.
4: Tell me, just so
2: just listening to angel by the local band moon daddy um it's what i chose for this week's song of the week something we've been including in the morning report every week um and i i so what'd you guys think what were the thoughts?
0: I really liked it. I thought it was dreamy, mm-hmm. <laughs> which You're I don't want to overuse that descriptor from your last song of the week that you chose, but there's like kind of a soundscape going on that feels very um, light and floaty and kind of dreamy. It's pretty refreshing. It, it's it's nice.
2: Yeah, for sure. No, and, and, and I've been a big fan of Kara Potter for a while. She's the, the songwriter behind um, Moon Daddy. Uh, her previous project, Whisper Girl, was also very cool. Mm. Um, but this this comes from uh, Moon Daddy's new album, Poet Lies, that just dropped last week on, on one of my favorite local labels, Volar. And listening to this, you know, I, I had an idea that I wanted to include something from Moon Daddy uh, as the song of the week because the whole album it really it was kicks ass. But, um, you know, as I was giving the whole album listen this weekend mm-hmm. this one really jumped out at me as something that's really dynamic and showcases her beautiful voice uh and you know it starts off as this kind of sparse dreamy as you said mm-hmm. synth pop song as um it changes it does halfway through the song it, it, it does it morphs into something that's that feels much larger and mm-hmm. and and feels more kind of engrossing and encapsulating Uh, And it's one of those songs that i it's just been in my head since I listened to it. So I I definitely recommend you checking out Moon Daddy's album, uh, Poet Lies. You can pick up a a vinyl copy on on their band camp and, uh, you know, give them a listen. Give Give them a like. You can keep up with all of the songs of the week with The Morning Report. We've been doing them on Thursdays, but I think... We're going to switch to Wednesdays, a sort of hump day treat. Uh, and so <laughs> definitely um, give them a listen. Uh, the shoot Voice of me San
1: an- Diego, where you come for a hump, hump day, day treat. treats. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, give them a listen and shoot me an email at jakob at vosd.org if you have a song that you think we should be jamming to.
1: We're gonna take a quick break. Stay with us.
0: Join culture creator Ramel Wallace, museum CEO Micah Parson, philanthropist Erwin Jacobs, and urban agriculturist Diane Moss on season two of Stop and Talk, a podcast about the future of the San Diego region. How can we create a vibrant region that celebrates our cultural richness and economic strength? Find out and hear other San Diego experts on Stop and Talk. Learn to address conflicts at all levels, from personal disputes to global crises. Join the Croc School's dedicated community fostering peace and understanding while you acquire practical skills to navigate diverse settings. Apply now and be the change you want to see in the world. Visit sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. That's sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD.
1: So um, speaking of bruising News, where you get to meet the cool podcast crew live, um, the last time we were live, if you guys were there or you listened to that episode, you might remember that we were joined by Ricardo Campos. Uh, He's the president of the San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. Um, And when Ricardo was with us, that was the week that MLS announced that San Diego would host its next soccer team. But... Campos, uh, which we agreed was all kind of awkward having him there uh, at the same time that this announcement was coming out.
0: It was awkward, but I feel like that's kind of what made it fun and fresh.
1: Yeah, it was a great show. I mean, it was awkward for him, but maybe great for us. It was a good show. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, but he said it was all good for the sport. Here's what he said.
3: We're talking more about soccer, mm-hmm. right? And so for us, it's about growing the game in many ways in a market that has been underserved from a professional level. So having the wave here has been great. Mm-hmm. Has been great. They, that game that they that they were they they broke the record for thirty thousand their home opener at Snapdragon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We also sold out the same day. Yeah. So it's for us the more the better, and it continues to grow the game at every level. There's a lot of kids here who grew up and have left San Diego. Joe Corona is a great example who left. Went to play for Trolls. Went to play for medical because he didn't have a game, a team to play for here. So mm-hmm. being able to bring him back and play for us was a dream come true for him in in many ways. Yeah. And there are a number of players who continue to leave because they didn't see that. So it's wonderful that there's more pathways for these kids to develop and become professionals. It like
0: boosts like the love of soccer for everyone in San Diego all around. Warm vibes, mm, that's um, like and then
2: you... your, when your girlfriend gets another boyfriend, warm vibes. It just boosts the love in in,
3: in that room, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> but this morning,
3: four years ago, Landon Donovan, myself, and our group of investors uh, started on a journey to bring professional soccer back to San Diego. I'm very proud of what we've accomplished in the first three seasons from enduring a pandemic to making, a play, making it to the playoffs to then making it to the playoffs here for our first ever home game in Torero Stadium. Um, and now in our fourth season, looking to make the playoffs once again. Um, over the last six months, myself, Ricardo Campos, and a small part of my team have been looking at all viable options up and down the coast uh, for us to find solutions for academy, for training facilities, for stadiums. From Oceanside down to the border, we've looked at everything and left no stone unturned. Unfortunately, after looking at all of that, I've come to the conclusion that this will be the last season for San Diego Loyal. They're calling it
1: quits. Yeah. When I, when, well, actually, I only heard about this when you guys were talking about it during our Zoom meeting earlier today on mm-hmm, Thursday mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I'm not a sports person. But <laughs> it was
0: in the group Slack it channel. It was in the group Slack <laughs> channel. Um, but she's not I, a Slack person. She's not a Slack person
1: either, especially like before 9 a.m. It was a rough morning. um It was. So in the studio, we have Andrew Dyer, a KBBS reporter, longtime soccer lover. Host of the Loyal Locals podcast, a show dedicated to the San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. But I thought of Andrew because Andrew has the greatest takes. I mean, I think you can get him started on um, public agencies that tweet out photos of cute animals. But we'll save well, that for another. Only if they episode. do it
4: in like a fake dog voice. <laughs> it's gotta have. It's gotta be like, oh, I'm feeling pawtastic today. Like that's that's what really. Does that you going. like
0: that or you don't like he that? Like I, it. I do not like. That. Oh, interesting. So you don't
2: find it endearing when Balboa Park tweets about like a dog day, and they say we had a possum time at the park today. No, I don't. And especially <laughs> no, whenever they're
0: drooling they... over these dogs, so, you can. And dog? sometimes they oh, like no.
2: attribute it as
4: if the dog is the one tweeting. <laughs> like they'll do it in like first person.
2: Mm, no, I, I, I think I, pet I, accounts are are. That we should have left them back. I mean, in like I blocked twenty tens.
4: I, I blocked the We Rate right Dogs years ago. Years <laughs> ago.
0: Animal stuff aside, that's Andrew Dyer of KPBS, military reporter who loves football stuff or soccer stuff.
1: Sports.
4: Uh, I, yeah, um, I go by either one: soccer or football. My default um,
0: was football because football club.
4: I like I like football too, but um. People who are very pedantic will tell you that it started as soccer in England, and then when the U.S. adopted soccer, they went back to football. Because, oh, really? I mean, I'm not, I'm not a historian,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I imagine, had feelings when you learned of this news this morning.
4: Oh, it's, 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 it's devastating for uh, fans of San Diego Oil for sure. Um, mm-hmm. one how thing, long have you been a fan? Oh, I'm, I mean, since uh, the club began since mm-hmm. it was announced.
0: Um, what was that like right before the pandemic-ish?
4: Well, it was 2019. Oh, really? Okay. Um, whenever it kind of started. So if we can go back, uh, just this all kind of came out of the ashes of Soccer City. There was the mm. referendum and it was defeated, right? the Landon mm-hmm. Donovan, uh, men's soccer icon, maybe the greatest American player ever. Um, wanted to bring an MLS team to San Diego. Yeah. MLS has long targeted this market, uh, but it was defeated at the ballot uh, by and that was twenty eighteen ish. Yes,
0: okay.
4: defeated by San Diego State. Yeah, it's a different investment group, but Landon Donovan is part of this one. Uh, out of the ashes of that came San Diego Loyal, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the people, the fans who were previously. Uh, involved in Soccer City, just naturally kind of pivoted to San Diego. Loyal, mm-hmm. so you you have to understand about about soccer. Unlike other sports like baseball, where there is a minor league, or 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 the NBA, where there's this G League. Soccer doesn't work like that. It's a it's a pyramid. So, uh, MLS is at the top of the period pyramid. They're the the first division, and then the USL Championship is the second division. But it is in no way a minor league. These are professional soccer players. Many of them have spent time in MLS. Many of them have spent time in Europe and in Mexican. Clubs. Oh, so
0: they would like play at the highest level and then go down to this division, not down, but then also play at this division. It's not like an, an all roads lead to MLS kind of thing. Correct, correct, right. Oh. So
4: um, there are a lot of players, uh, players like Alejandro Guido and Joe Corona, who are homegrown. Guido is from Chula Vista. Uh, Joe Corona is from National City, mm. Sweetwater High School. Uh, these are players who played in MLS, mm-hmm. played in Liga MX. And who, because of loyal and, and, you know, maybe they haven't been able to maintain either due to injury or age Mm -hmm. to stay at those top levels, Mm -hmm. Uh, they've been able to continue playing professional soccer for their hometown team. So uh, it's been, uh, it's a great experience for fans because uh, these are, these players are so accessible, you know, Mm -hmm. they will talk to you. They'll stay long after games are done, signing autographs. Mm. Uh, They're very down to earth uh and it's it's a very intimate uh, fan experience so uh losing that is uh you know it's it's really affecting San Diego loyal fans today
2: and it, and it seems like the loyal really tra- worked hard to create kind of a community around the club and and kind of prided themselves on on not only speaking to the concerns of the community but also just kind of embracing s- several aspects i mean is that something that that you saw and that you experienced
4: yeah, so I want to take you back to, to 2020 during the pandemic yeah. when we couldn't go to these matches. Uh, there were no fans in, in the stands. Um, San Diego Loyal was in a playoff fight, actually, um, and there had been an incident uh, with uh, one of the, the players on the team. Uh, somebody had called him a racial slur during a game. Had called who a racial slur? Uh, the uh, Elijah Martin, one of the San Diego Loyal players. Okay. Uh, so a, no, a,
2: a, a player from another team. It's yes, them yes. Wow.
4: And the t- club made a statement about it. You know, this doesn't belong in our game. You know, football in Europe, and there's this long problem with racism and, mm-hmm. and all kinds of troubling behavior from fans. And you know, it, globally, football has tried to stamp out a lot of this stuff. So yeah, sure. Um, and then the next week, uh, Loyal was playing in Phoenix against Phoenix Rising, a team that is kind of like our rival that we. We we don't love to hate them. We just kind of hate them, right? <laughs> and um, a player on Rising uh, used a homophobic slur against Colin Martin, who is an openly gay soccer player. He plays midfield for San Diego Loyal. And instead of just calling attention to the the referee or, or waiting for after the game to have the you know the player suspended or whatever. Uh, the Loyal, they walked off the field and ended up forfeiting the a game. The whole team walked off the yes. field. Wow. Oh, wow. And forfeited a game, a game that they were winning. And had they won, they would have earned their first ever playoff berth. Um, wow. But when the player was not removed from the field or, or ejected from the game, uh, the entire, the players on the field mm-hmm. and the head coach at that time, Landon Donovan, uh, made the decision to walk off the field and forfeit the match. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the club from the beginning kind of established this kind of uh values system that really spoke to mm. its fans and really endeared the club to its fans it's been very uh you know they had a black lives matter jersey that year that said black lives matter on the back of it um they've got they do pride month they had a their latest jersey release this season is a a pride Jersey with, you know, rainbow colors on the collar and a very cool kind of topographic rainbow Mm. pattern on it. So the club has done a lot value wise to, to speak to its fans. And, and I think, you know, I talked to Steve Brockoff. He's the president of the locals. I talked to him today and he was saying that, you know, that moment when they walked off the field is when he stopped being just, okay, yeah, that's my club. That's, I'm a fan of this club to being like, this is my club. This, this, this club represents me, and I want to represent them. So it mm-hmm. was really one of those kind
0: of like getting at that soul connection vibe that you're talking yes, about with yes. some English teams that mm-hmm. they have, where it, they're trying sure. to actually build into the community. Sure,
4: and and soccer is very different from other professional sports. You don't really, I mean, there are passionate baseball fans and passionate yeah, football sure. fans, passionate pickleball players, uh, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> with with soccer specifically, you have these supporter groups, and um, at for loyal, it's um, a, a few groups: uh, Chavos de Loyal, the locals, Rainbow Loyal's, and the uh, the fiends. Um, but everybody's in the same section behind the goal, and there are songs, chants, and drumming.
0: Wait, like all these different support San groups. Diego loyal support groups kind of all band together in the yes. same part of the stadium. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Why and- are there so many? Why isn't there just one like power and numbers, you know,
4: it's, it's partly cultural. Some people like certain design aesthetics for their scarves and some people want to do their own scarves or their own stickers, but it's all kind of for the same purpose, Mm. getting Mm. together uh, at these matches and, you know, supporting the team through drums, chants, and songs. And it goes from the beginning of the match to the end of the match without, without pause. Um, So it's an athletic event for you too. Win or lose. uh, Yeah. And it's um, for these fans and for the rest of the fans in the stadium, it creates uh, a very fun soccer atmosphere that Mm -hmm. you're not going to get at most other clubs in the USL championship, especially. You do get it in MLS. There are some great supporter groups in MLS. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. in the championship, people among the supporter community like to think that that they in San Diego do it better than any other of the USL clubs. Mm. Oh,
0: interesting.
1: What were your thoughts when you heard that an MLS was coming to San Diego?
4: So this, this is a question with two completely different answers. I also
1: worded that really weird so you can tell that I don't do sports.
4: <laughs> no, it, it, it's really it's valid you know, right? because um, in the grand scheme of things with, with soccer, right? Um, because San Diego Loyal is a small, relatively smaller club, they do not have a professional academy for the youth, Right.
0: Do you mean smaller in terms of, like, their budget or, yes. like, the organization size? Both. Both? Okay.
4: Yes. Um, so MLS, that is a whole other ballgame. So right now, the top youth soccer prospects in San Diego, um, if they want to be a pro, the best pathway for them is for Real Salt Lake to sign them to their academy mm. or LAFC to sign them to their academy and they move and they are part of this academy, and this can happen as young as 12 or 13 years old. Wow! Um, so that does not exist in San Diego, and it, it really couldn't exist with San Diego Loyal because it, it's it's expensive to run an academy. So mm-hmm. um, our best y- young talent um, are every year kind of siphoned off by MLS clubs. Now there are exceptions, of course. Um, most notably, uh, CJ Fodry, who. Uh, was part of Loyal Select. They do have a, a select team that plays at the kind of the academy level. Um, Fodry then left and played at San Diego State for a year and then was drafted in the top 10 in the MLS draft. He's now at Austin FC. Mm. So Loyal did provide kind of that professional pathway for, for CJ. But uh, by and large, that, that professional pathway um, was a little more difficult to navigate for San Diego soccer players. Mm-hmm. So with – the MLS club coming and um, it's, it's owner Mansoor has already you know, said they are going to build an Academy. This, they are going to have a proper, you know, he's affiliated with this right to dream Academy that they have in other locations. Hmm. So there will be a proper developmental Academy in San Diego, which is really good for those players here that have the talent and the desire to become professional players. Yeah. yeah. Um, it just makes that path much clearer. Mm. Mm-hmm. You can see the roadmap, whereas now that doesn't exist. So in that case, it's good. good. I'm, I'm glad MLS is coming.
1: cough cough miles. <clears throat> well,
4: I said the top prospects. My- <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: you're mean. He's
4: a great. He's a great player. It's
1: Andrew's son. They didn't.
4: He, m- one of his old teammates did. it was one of those kids that got pulled to the Real oh, <laughs> Salt Lake Academy. Nice. He was not. Oh. <laughs> Um, but you know for the the you know the fan side, um, this is not new, right? There used to be a USL team in Austin, the Austin bold. They don't exist anymore. Um, this has happened in other cities that had USl and when MLS comes to town, mm. the USL club can't compete and is you know muscled out of the market. Mm. And um, if you listen to uh, Andrew vasilitis's statement, you know he he basically says that with MLS. And, you know, the economic reality of uh, not having a home field to play in, they've been playing in Traor Stadium, which is very difficult to make money for the team there, as as I understand. Um, You know, there's just no economic uh, road for the Mm -hmm. the team to stay viable. So in that sense, MLS did what a lot of people who were wary about the MLS announcement Mm -hmm. uh, were afraid would happen. and, And we're seeing it.
2: Yeah, this is probably a, a basic question, but I mean, why, why is there no collaboration between the USL and the MLS? I mean, why couldn't the Loyal and San Diego Football Club sort of merge and create something that has the sort of respect and trust of the community, but, but has this bigger platform and a place like Snapdragon to play?
4: You know, that's a really great question. And um, in, in, in Europe, that definitely does happen. They have promotion and relegation in Europe where a club can succeed in a third or second division and earn promotion to the next uh, division up. There are these great stories of teams being promoted into the the, the English Premier League and, mm-hmm. and having success. You know, uh, Leicester City won the Prem uh, in, I think it was 2016, and they had been you know in like two divisions down you know in years before that and Mm. they were able to play their way to the top of the English football pyramid and that's something that's just impossible in the United States because we don't have a football pyramid we have a closed system that's dominated by MLS and Mm. um there is no uh winning the USL championship and getting promoted to MLS there is no finishing last in MLS and being relegated to the USL Mm. If you finish last, you're just last and you try again next year like in other American leagues. So um, there's have been instances of MLS teams um, either buying the USL club and kind of using that to come up to MLS. Hmm. Uh, Portland Timbers, uh, notably, uh, one of the better like MLS franchises. Um, it, so it has happened, but it takes – the uh mls team to literally basically take over the usl Mm -hmm. club and buy it and then keep its branding or whatever and, and move it up and that was something that just was not going to happen in san diego
0: is that theoretically the cheaper option you just like see a property that's already there and you buy it rather than like growing your own team from scratch
4: i don't know the economics of it really um for fans, it seemed like the obvious option because, mm. you know, it's a very easy transition if you're a fan of San Diego Loyal and they are going, the new MLS team is going to, you know, take over that branding and, mm-hmm. and whatever. It's very easy to transition to and supporting the MLS team. And I'm not privy to any of the details. Mm-hmm. I know there were talks between the MLS mm-hmm. investment group and Loyal at at some level, at some time in the last. I feel like year. Campos
0: maybe alluded to that in the live podcast. It was obviously it was like a very weird, news rich time where he couldn't mm-hmm. share all the information. But that was kind of like the vibe that I got that yeah, maybe I went, there were some conversations like that happening that they couldn't necessarily divulge. GDL I, about. I went back and listened
2: to it, and Scott asked, you know, will the loyal be involved with this MLS team? And he, yeah. he basically said there need to be two sides that are willing to collaborate. Oh, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Which. I mean, and and has that possibility? Is is it? There, there's no chance of it happening now. It's too late. I mean, well, I
4: think that you know, no chance. I mean, you know, this you know Egyptian billionaire, uh, this Tory, <laughs> he's a British Tory. I don't. He could <laughs> decide to open the checkbook and buy loyal today and say, yeah, well, you know what? Forget it. This will be, you know, but I, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Of course, no. I haven't talked to him. I haven't talked to decision You don't
0: have his digits. You can't just text up Mansoor. But
4: it, it just, it, my opinion, if that were going to be the road forward, it would already be the road forward. Mm-hmm. Sure. And the yeah. fact that, if it got
0: We're, to this point where the announcement was made this morning, right. it wouldn't happen if all these other things proceeded it, Right.
4: Today. Now, tomorrow they could announce it and I look, you know, like I really don't know what I'm talking about. That's what that editing is for, Andrew. <laughs> 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 but yeah, um, it's it's just a matter of uh, does the investment group w- even see value in Loyal, its branding and, and the, it as a property. Um, my understanding is that, you know, apart from the the fan base, mm-hmm. you know, Maybe there wasn't the the value there.
0: Mm. Mm. The thing that I that kind of struck me in the announcement by uh, well, Andrew Vasiliotis, yeah, Vasiliotis, he uh, had the announcement this morning. Um, the thing that he was saying in the announcement kind of struck me was they were just like looking all up and down the coast for like a place where they could potentially, I guess, like grow in the future or kind of like be. Um, How is it that MLS's, like, impact is so great that they couldn't just, like, move to Oceanside or Chula Vista or somewhere else, like, in the region and still have enough space for both of those markets? Well,
4: there's another partner in this whole thing that you're forgetting about, and that's San Diego State, Snapdragon Stadium. Um, MLS would not be here if it weren't for Snapdragon. Now, this is the great irony uh, when we go full circle to the Mm -hmm. first thing I talked about was the failure of Soccer City. San Diego State said that the stadium they were going to build would be capable of hosting professional soccer.
0: Yeah, which they've done a lot with San Diego Wave, right?
4: Yes, yes. Um, so, you know, the existence of Snapdragon Stadium is what opened the door for MLS mm-hmm, to be mm-hmm. in San Diego. Uh, MLS has wanted to be in San Diego for a long time. This has been a running joke in MLS for, I don't I think it's been like 20 years. They oh, really? talk about wanting to get into the San Diego market. Um and it was, you know, the lack of that infrastructure, the lack of a stadium, mm. that was uh, really the the issue. Mm-hmm. And um, now there's a stadium, and look at look at that. There's a team coming.
0: <laughs> well, and now San Diego loyal plays at Torero Stadium at USD. There are there not comparable stadium sizes in the region, as far as you know. Is Torero really like at that threshold of being big enough to contain them, but not so large that it's just
4: So most USL teams play in stadiums of between 4,000 to, you know, 12,000 capacity, maybe some push 15,000, but the best attended USL clubs like Sacramento, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they pull, you know, 10, maybe 12,000 per game. Uh, I think Torero Stadium max capacity is around six thousand, mm. and Loyal has averaged just over five thousand per game. So um, they've done a good job of filling Torero, but uh, you're, you're, you need a stadium that is really kind of purpose built at that size. Mm. Um, and you know, in order for the club to make a profit, they really kind of need to control the stadium, and in best case scenario, own the stadium themselves, mm. versus paying rent at, at a place like. So Torero
0: was never a long term solution.
4: Right, right. It it was not the there was efforts as the statement from Andrew Vassiliatos alluded to efforts to find a location to continue playing mm-hmm. and um, those efforts just came to nothing. Apparently it's very difficult to get a stadium built in San Diego County. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you don't, don't say. Least Scott was here. Who knew? Who knew?
1: <laughs> Scott's like probably really upset he's missing this episode.
2: I'm relieved it is difficult because it it got rid of those horrible Chargers. <laughs> I, I I'm born and raised in San Diego and I have always hated the Chargers and I am so glad they are not here anymore. Wow.
4: Yeah. You know the psychological scars of the Chargers. I mean that's part of the reason San Diego loyal is called loyal because mm-hmm. the, the the whole kind of idea was that they were going to be loyal to this community and and you know they weren't going to move away.
0: They had their best season ever this year. I read. Um.
4: Well, last year um, they did finish in the top of the Western Conference and earned a home playoff game. Right now they are sitting fifth in the Western Conference in the USL Championship, which uh, is a, an away playoff game. So we are not on track to host a game um, and that could change. They're away at Rio Grande Valley Mm. uh, this weekend and then the next home game is next Sunday back at Torero. So um, they could turn things around. There's a lot of very talented players on that team um, and um, hopefully they're able to, you know, really have a a good send off uh, at the end of the season and give the fans something to really kind of remember them by.
1: Thanks for listening to the Voice of San Diego podcast, the most popular public affairs podcast in San Diego. Don't forget about our events, Bruising News, Politifist, and more. Check everything out at VOSD.org events. We're excited to see you. I'm Andrea Lopez Villafaña, managing editor at Voice of San Diego. Jacob McGuinney is our education reporter. Nate John is our producer. Special thanks to Andrew Dyer for joining us. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.